What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor, man. Mm. Humor. Humor yeah. and comedy as always. And this is Today's, the third episode of the week. Yeah, it's the Sunday Today's episode. What? It's the Sunday episode, but it feels like it feels like uh, a Monday kind of episode, huh? Like, exactly, man. Because it's yeah. so, such heavy topics. Uh, I, can't, I cannot believe it that we're doing this on a Sunday. Yeah, and I think the whole of Singapore also, they're like, yo, we wanted to take a break on, week, on the weekend. Yeah. But yeah, this news, this news has infiltrated like everyone's minds, man. To At right. least to a certain extent. I can't imagine there being people out there who have not been at least uh, a, a little uh, impacted or, or aware of the, the story we're going to cover. La. Mm. It's a it's a good conversation mm, starter. Mm. It's a good conversation starter, I must say. Like like Is it? As in as in everyone has an opinion about it. Like you can yeah. ask anyone, you take a grab, you take a taxi, uh people come visit you, you go and visit people for Christmas or whatever. Everyone will have something to say about it. La. So you have some anecdotes already, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. From conversations. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of because course. is it is it like have you found it to be polarizing? Or is it like everyone has an opinion, but are they generally all on the same boat? Uh, I think it, it's a bit more nuanced. Uh, it's a bit more nuanced than than, mm. than that. Uh. So that's why it's a. I think it's it's, it's a great topic. It's yeah. a great topic, but I just wish we weren't doing it on a Sunday because, like, you know, it's the weekend and everything. But yeah, oh well. And, and, and people were messaging us like they were halfway through our previous episode where we talked about uh, a related issue, and then they were saying, "Guys, plot twist, plot twist, next episode." So here we are, man. Yeah, here we are. Anyway, but before all cool. that, we still need to just give a general plug. And yes, what is the plug? plug. Uh, a plug is like, uh, we've been very heartened and our loins have been tickled by the number of people who have been tagging us uh, and sharing screenshots of their Spotify rap, uh, uh, like news of Yalabad being one of, if not the uh, most popular podcast for them for the year. So thank you all so much for that. And I mean, no need to stop now because still got a month left before the end of the year. Mm. So uh, if you want to tag us, if you want to share it, that's that's great. Uh, and please always tag Yalabad because we have our Ministry of Funny Instagram. Uh, but Yalabad now has an Instagram mm. uh, and we are trying to be as active as we can on that. And yeah, we might do a giveaway or something at some point. So we are wrapping our heads around that. Mm. But to help us wrap our heads around that, it'd be great if you can share your own raps. Yeah, and if you share and if we get enough raps, maybe we'll be so happy at the end that we we might just break out a dance. A special dance on Instagram or something for you guys. <laughs> okay, I don't know what is up with Terrence and dancing. Uh, he's like, I, I don't understand. But yeah, you'll probably see it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, if all goes well, there will be something happening in January, which is quite exciting, which we can't share the details as of yet. But it will be something that we haven't done ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bit so, pre- so, bit so, pre- so coming soon, yeah. A bit premature, la, a bit premature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, I think the the well, let's just jump right into it, lah. The mm. the one big topic that everyone is asking us what are our opinions. Although although just just to be clear, you know, uh, our opinions are really just our own opinions, lah. Right? They're not mm-hmm. they're not vetted by any any politicians or anything like that, lah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, we're just two lay people trying to make sense of all the shit that's going on. Yeah, and what is this? Big shit that's going on. Like, at least started guess, on Friday night, late Friday night. Yeah, I guess it is the news and testimonies coming out of the 
hearings for the Committee of Privileges that has been assembled to look into uh, Ms. Raisha Khan, uh, ex-Minister uh, of Parliament uh, and ex-Workers' Party uh, MP. Um, and the, the surprising facts that have come out, which kind of conflict with what we've been hearing from the WP leadership uh, over the past week, like, namely Pritam Singh. Mm-hmm. And quite shocking, shocking news. Yeah. All I right. mean, we did cover the the Workers' Party press conference in the last podcast, right? So, mm. um, I mean, uh, do, you have a, do you have a more succinct timeline of what has happened since then? Um, I mean, since then... I mean, the, the, the two main things that have happened uh, on December 2nd, um, yeah, there was a press conference mm. on December th- um, the and on the same day, there was the Parliamentary Committee of Privileges, uh, the first hearing. And mm. then there was a second hearing on December 3rd where Ms. Khan and uh, Ms. Lowe, who is uh, her executive or who was her executive assistant uh, and MP cadre also testified again Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Nathan, who's a Workers' Party volunteer, also testified. So those are the two main things that I understand happened. Anything else happened? Um, no, no, no public statements. No, nothing. No, nothing. Right? Nothing. Nothing, nothing yet. La. No response from uh, from Workers' Party yet. La. So yeah, yeah. Everything that we state here is probably uh, yeah. La, it's a lot of uh, speculation about what what's going on at Workers' Party and all that. La. Yeah. yeah, probably in a few days there'll be another plot twist. Just yeah. looking at things that have been going on. Who knows? Maybe um, by the time this this podcast goes out, is something going to happen already? Yeah. No la, I think Sunday, Sunday, Sunday is a break la, Right? <laughs> They're not going to have a hearing on Sunday. Right? Okay, so that's that's the thing, right? Like Friday night, right? I was so shocked when this shit dropped. Uh. You know, it's uh-huh. like because I'm just thinking about it. They literally had the hearings on Thursday and Friday, and by Friday mm. evening, like somebody had already went to the gov.sg and then like uploaded everything and the news was had already leaked out to the media and everything. I was thinking like, yeah. wow, our civil service suddenly in overdrive, uh, very hardworking this week. Uh. Usually like, <laughs> this kind of thing can take a few days or maybe some a minister can even overlook like, you know, how Trace Together works together with the, with how the police use Trace Together and things like that. They overlook that shit. But when it comes to these mm. hearings, wow, the same day can Suddenly, everything come out already. So, Press conference. So, why, why you think? Uh, why, why you think? Can you elaborate at what you're insinuating? Or not? No, no, no. I mean, I'm just very shocked. I'm very proud of our civil service that they're so efficient when it comes to things like the Committee of Privileges hearings uh, and everything. Uh. It's yeah. so fast. <laughs> uh, my God. You know? <laughs> and I mean, the, so, so that's one thing. Uh, like, okay, overall, like what we are going to be talking about is some of Raisha Khan's testimonies. Uh, but... It just feels like holy fucking shit. The WP is 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 in a very tough spot. Mm. And to say what I know you were thinking just now, but you didn't want to say, mm. um, is that yeah, like the PAP is like yo, the government is like yo, we this is our time, man. We gotta milk this shit. Mm. And all they had to do is just lay out the facts and lay out what she was saying. Yeah, that was bad enough. Really. Yeah, they didn't even need yeah. to to embellish it. Then they even even the videos or the testimony were up on Friday already. Yeah, like, you know, like even us YouTubers, <laughs> we content creators, we shoot video, we can't even upload on the same day. But they uploaded <laughs> it on the same day, man. My God. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't live stream. So, so I mean, live stream, you can understand, like, right? But this was like, yeah, you know, up is on, is number three on trending right yeah. now. It's like, can you imagine? The gov.sg, they're like, yo, we yeah. got a viral hit, man. Yeah, imagine the, the decision maker is like, 
Wow, this good shit, this good shit, this good shit. Yeah, this okay, good okay, shit. Okay, this good quick, shit, quick, bro, call, yeah. call out the company, like, like, edit it so that we can quickly <laughs> yeah, put it up. And they go, ha, Friday, 4pm, you send me this shit. Then they, no, 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 yeah. we pay you double, we pay you double. Do it now, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, it's 1 hour 54 minutes. I mean, that's one of three videos. Like, mm. um, the, the one with Raisha Khan is 1 hour 54 minutes. Did you watch... Uh, how much of it did you watch or did you watch or yeah. did you just read the transcript? I, I read the transcript but I I read the full report. I've read the full report. Mm. Um, and then I uh, I watched the snippets that were picked up by Mothership lah, to be fully mm. transparent. So so I think the Mothership ones were really interesting because uh, guess who was on the questioning Raisha Khan a lot of the time? It was Mr. Edwin Tong himself. The yeah. You know, it, I mean, and the irony of it wasn't lost on me like that. Edwin Tong was also the lawyer that who defended Kong Hee and, 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 and City Harvest Church during the trial. And remember mm. Raisha Khan, when she first, her, her first uh, big hoo-ha when she entered politics was a tweet about how, uh, yeah, la, how like, like the, I think, I think she met, talked about oh. the City Harvest case and how the criminals yeah, were getting yeah. away with nothing. So, so yeah, the irony yeah. wasn't lost on me. La. But yeah, it was basically Edwin Tong cross-examining her. La. And Edwin Tong is the second minister for law, is it? Mm, he, I mean, he, he's a lawyer, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's he a minister of now? Min- member um, of parliament. He's uh, a... Minister of Culture, youth, Community, Youth and second minister for law. Yeah, correct. Uh, second minister for law. Mm, la. yep. So, okay. So, the crux of it, right? Um, what we know previously, what we covered on the last podcast is that the timeline of events for Raisha Khan, if I can just do a quick recap, is mm. August 3rd, she gave that speech where she um, uh, uttered the lie. Uh, mm. I'm not going to say untruth, it's a lie. Um, then September... Uh, according to Pritam, what he said in his press conference that they had a conversation um, and he told her that you should sort it out with your family because they didn't know that she was a survivor of sexual harassment mm. uh, and that it should be uh, until then, uh, until you sort that out, once you do that, then you take responsibility. September hearing, she had shingles, she couldn't show up to parliament. October hearing, um, she carried on with the lie and then November uh, she came clean that it was a lie. La. And along the way, according to what Pritam said, was that after October, they told her that they needed to clarif- uh, she needed to clarify. La. And hence, that's why in November she did. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the gist of, of the, the high-level timeline. La. I didn't miss out any major milestone, right? No, no, no. Yeah. So then, the crux of what Raisha Khan said that was so explosive was that... Um, like uh, the, the WP leadership comprising Pritam Singh, Sylvia Lim and Faisal Manap uh, who were aware of the lie. Um, what they told her was that, okay, if you are not pressed, uh, go go along with it. La. There's mm. no need to clarify. Keep up the narrative, la, right? Keep up the narrative, yeah. correct. Keep up the narrative. Yeah. Um, and apparently that was done as early as, uh, was it in August, the speech? Uh, the, yeah, yeah the speech correct. Was in August, August 8th. Correct. Yeah. The speech was in August 3rd. August 8th, um, she met with Pritam Singh, Party Chair, Sylvia Lim, and Muhammad Faisal. And according to Raisha Khan, all three of them told Raisha that the best thing for her to do, and I quote, would be to continue with the narrative that she had already given in Parliament. Um, and that the report uh, also said that they told her that if the Workers' Party could get away with it, there was no need to clarify the lie. Mm, mm, mm. Um. So, but according, but when, when Pritam Singh during the press conference, he said, uh, yeah, la, that, that um, they told her that you should uh, explain to your family first before you take responsibility. Mm. 
So right. it was a a lot of that uh, where the I mean the 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 main takeaway from it is that it seems like the pre, pre, the WP leadership was telling her to lie. Yeah. Carry on the lie. Yeah. Right. Correct. correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was that my my most uh immediate takeaway lah when I first digested everything. Oh. I was like, yeah, oh correct. shit, the Workers' Party is in trouble because basically they've been caught telling one of their own people to lie la, in parliament, you know, continue yeah. uh, lying in parliament. Uh, yeah. yeah, how about you? What, what, what was your overall impression of the whole thing? I mean, that was my starting point. I remember Friday night we were on set and this came out and we, like, we were like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> the, were trying to... Pritam, Pritam's yeah. weekend just got destroyed. Yeah, correct, correct, right. correct. Yeah. Um. So, so that was my starting point, mm. and I, I, I watched through the whole one hour fifty four minutes. Um. Of course, I, I sped up at multiple points. Mm. Um. But the feeling I got is that okay. So, it seems like the direction could have been one of those, not say ambiguous, but kind of like okay, you just yeah, like if you're not pressed, you we move on, you know, and all mm. that. Mm. But when laid out as a fact, right, it looks fucking horrible. Mm. Um, and I will also say that at certain points, I felt Edwin Tong was kind of like, just, just you know, like he's got a knife in the opposition already and just twisting it uh, mm. to make the make it sound even more horrible. Yeah. Like I think there was one point, he would just clarify, I mean, he would just say, um, uh, yeah, so so at, at, at this point, can you just confirm that, that you, they did not give you instruction to come clean? And then she would be, uh, yes. Uh, and at this point, do you can you confirm that they gave you, con- they told you to carry on with the narrative? So emphasizing these facts that sound fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. In, in that sense, um, I guess that's his privilege, lah. This being in this community mm. of, I mean, yeah, privileges, and as a lawyer, where no one can object object to your question, lah, right? So yeah, you can right. definitely tell his questions were certainly leading towards leading Raisha Khan to certain conclusions and certain answers and 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 she was playing along like she's just playing the victim and, and yeah like, I, you know yes yes and all that like. so yeah. um yeah so that, that's why i mean to Edwin tong's credit i mean I, I think i even saw people on my instagram uh you know lawyers saying like wow this guy really is his power and his cross-examination uh, you know mm. so so, yeah. so in in that sense he got what he needed like, and and uh and and like what you said, it, even uh, something as, as simple as maybe they didn't tell you to clarify something be- ended up being concluded as basically they told you to keep up the lie, lah, right? Yeah. Which sounds almost <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So so that was my, my, my impression after I watched it. Of course, there are many other things, but for you, like after you read the transcript and watched the excerpts? Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, I, I just tried to think about it from Pritam's angle because this really reminds me. I can't believe we're in December, and then suddenly we have this huge drama. As if this year mm. didn't have enough like this kind of drama. He says she say kind of drama already, right? mm-hmm. I mean, you think NOC and all that, like, right? <laughs> yeah. So remember how NOC like when he when he said this, then everyone was like, oh my god. Then after that, she said that everyone's oh my god. And then the then at the end we all realized the truth is somewhere in between, and everyone basically got taken on the right, like, right? Uh, mm. And I think everyone got off the boat from there, like, Everyone was like, "Them sick of this." He says, "She say drama already." So, um, just just trying to remember what the workers' party was trying to spin, you know, in the press conference, and then listening to what Raisha Khan was was uh basically saying in 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 the speech, right? Then you realize, like, okay, what could have what 
Pritam Singh could have been doing. I mean, the truth is Pritam is a very seasoned politician. Uh, mm. I don't, you know, it, a lot of people, a lot of commentary is saying, a lot of commentary on, on Reddit, like, you know, amateur uh, armchair comment, commentators, all that. They're all saying he can't be that stupid to to want to just... Tell her to keep up the lie. Yeah, la, to, right? to say yeah. something like, just keep up a lie. So definitely there are certain things that Raisha Khan is omitting from her testimony as well, la, right? Like remember mm. when remember that little fact that that Pritam said about uh yeah Raisha Khan you know she told us certain things about you know private matters that arose arose from the sexual assault and all that and we wanted to give her space to tell her family and all that lah right mm. so there is there is a possibility that there is more to it than just uh Raisha Khan's admission of oh I got sexually assaulted and then never told my family. You know, mm. there could be more to it. There could have been something to do with, I don't know, a family member or, I mean, okay, okay. That's complete speculation. My point is that maybe as a, you know, as a leader or something, if someone, if one of your subordinates comes to you and says, I've got this really terrible family issue. If the secret goes out, my family is going to be, it's like fucked already. Like, you know, everyone's going to like, shit's going to hit the fan and all that, like, right? Mm. And uh, I know, I know it concerns my work. But I need to settle with my family first, lah. You know, mm. if you are the boss and you hear that, right? Generally, if you are a compassionate boss, you will say, "Okay, uh, I understand. Work is work, but family is also more can be more important than work, lah, right?" Mm. Uh, and you would you would give the employee space to sort things out, lah. So, so I, I'm mm. just I'm just speculating why why it would be come to a point where Pritam would at first, you know, I mean, according to a testimony, at first he was disappointed and angry that she lied. But after that, he turned around and said that okay, um, there were certain words that she she used to describe what he said. Which is things like, "I won't judge you if you you decide to continue with your thing," uh, or, or you know he uh, and then the press conference he said he wanted to give her the space to settle things with her family and all that like, Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just speculating like, that there might be more to it than we than than Raisha Khan is also letting us know like, You know mm. because um, a lot of what she's saying occurred in private conversations between her and Pritam Singh. La. And then yeah. and uh I'm trying to imagine, yeah, la, just as a just trying to be a when you're trying to be a compassionate boss and everything, what would make you sort of almost risk your credibility uh, at work la, for a, mm. something your employee tells you is very personal and all that law? You know? Yeah. And and that's what I'm speculating. Why why is how how do you yeah how do you how do you gel together what Pritam Singh said in the press conference and what Raisha Khan is saying about him, lah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that is the the saddest part of this whole thing. Lah. Like, it feels that this matter is just fucking causing WP to implode. It's horrible for Singapore politics. It's horrible for sexual assault survivors. It's horrible for people who are, you know, like woke. Lah. Because as, as much as being woke sometimes can be destructive, there's a lot of good that comes out from people, young people wanting to, to speak up. Lah. But this just throws everything into the shit. Mm. And I think, like, okay, so so the crux of it, uh, like politics is a dirty game, mm. right? Politics is fucked up and that's why I think only certain people can enter politics lah, because it mm. is a lot about can you be perfectly honest as a politician? I don't think tough so. And tough, yeah. But yeah, does it mean you have to lie all the way? Yeah. I don't think so. Also, la. But it feels like in this case, like what you said, you know, Pritam, if he was really standing up for an employee, even at the at the risk of potentially tarnishing WP, it is a risk that he had to take, like Of mm. course, I I think both you and I are biased towards Pritam. I think mm. this looks horrible on him, and maybe 
maybe this does reflect his leadership style. Like, you know, sometimes maybe you can't be too compassionate, mm. which is again sad because yeah. now there's a whole movement towards, you know, leaders being... Co- you always see like on fucking LinkedIn and shit, the true leader is someone who's compassionate. You know, Steve Jobs was an asshole. The new leaders are all compassionate. Then you look at this, you'll be compassionate and in the end, this comes out. Like, and I think even the dynamics of this whole thing, right? You know, just now you were saying Erin Tong is cross-examining uh, Raisha Khan. Mm. But for me... Like, general understanding, if someone's being cross-examined, they have an incentive to kind of defend themselves, right? Mm. And and answer back and clarify. In this case, it feels like Raisha Khan is incentivized to go along with Edwin Tong because then she yes. comes out as the person who was manipulated or kind of given poor advice by the leadership. Because during the testimony, she said a few times, you know, I trusted the leadership. I I was not sure I went to them for advice. Mm. Um, and when Edwin Tong was asking, oh, have you seen the articles? Have you watched the press conference? She said, no, I've been on a social media blackout. Mm. And to a certain extent, right, I'm like, hello, you mm. are... How can you use that as a reason yeah. that you're on a... And certain things, also, when was this meeting? When was that meeting? She's like, I can't recall. I think it was in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, yo! <laughs> yeah. You don't have these facts? You're telling me you you didn't... You how, how are you supposed to be a leader if you don't have these kind of things on paper? You come for these kind of things. So I yeah. just... It was very tough for me to watch it. Like. Yeah, so I mean, what, what you are pointing is I think something that a lot of people are picking up on now. Like. If we just go... Uh, like, like, I mean, a lot of people meaning like... Wake up Singapore, for example, you know, a very, <laughs> yeah, the, very, the very trusted leader of yeah. trusted source of yeah. Very progressive, like very progressive, very woke, I would say, account. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you should dismiss what they are saying also. Mm-hmm. La. I mean, uh, in some sense you would imagine that they would defend uh you know a, a very woke politician to the to to the to the to to the ends of the earth. But no la, I think not they're coming out and saying, you know, hey everyone, let's let's take a look at the facts. La. Fact is that this whole shebang started because Raisha Khan told a lie, right? Yeah. Uh, she told a lie that about something that honestly she didn't even need to tell a lie about, right? And she could have just made yeah. the same point without telling the lie. No, not saying that the, the consequences of it are not important because I think the police the police force name was tarnished in that whole incident. But Raisha Khan could have easily phrased it any other way uh, without inserting herself into the narrative and then it would have been fine. Mm. And and then now because a lie was already told, then suddenly everyone is dragged into this larger. Did, did, was she instructed to keep out the lie nonsense, right? But but mm. ultimately that lie itself, it was not. Uh, was it other than the questioning the integrity of the police force, right? Was it really mm. earth shattering a lie or anything like that? No, it wasn't, right? It was in fact it was yeah. part of a motion that Workers Party itself was putting forth, right? So that's yeah. that's one thing. The second thing is that. Um, if you go back right to the start, I think Raisha Khan in her own testimony, she said that uh, yeah, Workers' Party does have a process of vetting uh, people's speeches. And usually, they have to submit their speech a week before Parliament. She submitted mm. her speech late. Two days. She submitted two days before Parliament. She put it in a bottle and then everyone gets to read it and then vet it. Lah. So Pritam Singh apparently yeah. gave her the comment. He circled the, that, that, that anecdote about her going to the police station the story, and, then, like, yeah. and then yeah. he put there substantiate question mark la. Oh, yeah. I don't know question mark what, but he basically said substantiate and she in her testimony has come and said she did not understand what that meant and so mm. really we are here talking about a 28 year old member of parliament who's been you know doing it for more than a year who also is an activist who has to write papers and probably you know write a lot of appeal letters and things like that and has done volunteer work on the ground writing letters for, for people 
is saying that she doesn't understand the meaning of the word substantiate for something as important as a speech you're going to give in parliament. Lah, you know? Yeah. And she did not um, include that, that that anecdote about going to police station early in her earlier drafts or so. Lah. It was only yeah, she inserted it right, uh, like right two days before. The, so, so no, the, to, to clarify, to clarify, yeah. she submitted the draft. Yeah. She submitted the anecdote one day before. Yeah, she yeah. made an amendment. Correct, correct. So she submitted the fucking yeah, speech so two days and still she talking, made an amendment still one talking, day. Still talking, still talking, still uh, talking. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. I think the broader, <laughs> the broader thing is that, uh, yeah, you mean she, uh, because she, we already know she has a track record for you know being rare, very rash and writing things that she cannot substantiate. You need to question her, just her saying that, oh, I didn't understand what that, that comment meant. La. You know? And mm. then suddenly it makes mm. you, it opens out a whole can of worms. Like, wait, wait, wait. Then why did she, why is she doing this? Is there a reason why she's specifically doing this? La? You know? Doing what? Like, like pur- purposely defying an instruction from leadership and then mm. pretending, or at least like on, on surface, like just pre- saying that she doesn't understand, she didn't understand what they were trying to tell her. And after that, now everyone's caught in this web already. Then suddenly say that, oh, actually, yeah, it's not my fault. I was just following what leadership was saying. La. You know? Yeah. And is there any, I mean, is there any deeper kind of motive or something for her to do all this? Yeah. And so, so you, you finished already? Full yes, stop? Yes, done. Oh, full stop? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah. I mean, ju- just, <laughs> yeah. so please uh, sanitize your mic as you step off. Huh? Correct, correct. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I think that incident, right, actually was, was quite, pivotal in my whole fucking uh, impression of the entire hearing. Like, because on one hand, uh, yeah, she said she submitted it two days uh, instead of one week and she added the anecdote one day before and Pritams gave the comment between that one day and the parliament and she said she didn't address it. Like. So just while Edwin was also cross-examined, she did, she, he made a comment which I'm like, okay, like, it's clearly you're in a position to just like fuck up the impression of WP. He said, oh, you submitted two days before um, and in most cases, that's not late. Lah. But blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, yo, that's, a, that's throwing shade at WP. Lah. One, if you're supposed to submit one week before, you submit mm. two days before, it's late. Okay, yeah. Don't try and twist the facts, Mr. Edwin. Yeah. Okay, But then the thing is, the, the thing about the substantiate thing, right? I mean, even if you Google substantiate, you don't even need to put substantiate definition, substantiate meaning. The thing, the fucking definition comes out, provide evidence to support or prove the truth or truth of. Yeah. So that's really a meaning. She, at that point, already knew that it was a lie. And then when you see this, is it that hard to, to put two and two together? Mm. And then when you look at that, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. It feels like she's playing victim. She's talking... Uh, in a way that kind of in some way even though she says she doesn't want to absolve responsibility she's absolving responsibility yeah. by saying you don't mean you tell me honestly in which job uh, like the day before you have to present something that's super important you can easily get away by saying oh I didn't understand your comment and mm. let alone a job for a private company this you're a politician mm. so that's why it's so sad because it reflects horribly on her it reflects horribly on Pritam and Sylvia Lim uh, as well uh, because in the fact is, they let one of their ministers uh, speak about something that they were maybe had some comments about, la, right? Mm, and it mm. went under the radar, la. so it looks horrible. It looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. And 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 like what you said, la, I think if if Pritam was trying to be a compassionate boss or anything, maybe an incident like this will show him that it's not worth it being compassionate all the time, lah. But that's when sad, it comes, right? I mean. I think I think that's where maybe uh a bit disappointing in the sense that if if you're really an experienced politician or that 
there are certain things you you can't let slide because of compassion, lah. You know, mm, and I think mm. integrity, unfortunately, is one of those things that you can take ten years, twenty years to build up the integrity and get the opposition party to a point where, literally, like you know, a position was created for you because people think that you are legit already, lah. Right, leader yeah. of the opposition party, and then you've done a good job donating your salary and everything. All these twenty years of work that Lotia Kiang and everybody has built has built up can be destroyed by one by one person like that lah. So mm. it is not worth risking your entire your integrity, your party's integrity, integrity on uh, on the sake of being compassionate for one person lah. You know who has yeah, already proven yeah. that who has already proven to be not very reliable when it comes to listening to your instructions lah, right? Based on the comments and all, uh. Because at some point also she said, I think Edwin asked, "Do you always submit your uh speeches one week ahead?" Then she's like, "No, uh, like something like she always submits late, lah." Yeah, yeah. Then, exactly. then like, hey, hello, what the hell? So then again, it paints, it kind of like sheds a bit of light on what the WP recruitment process for ministers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it I kind of it just looks correct. Yeah. yeah. It looks. It, it looks bad, it just, yeah, it looks bad and it's just a very sad day for Singapore politics. It's fucking sad. Like anyone yeah. who thinks that, oh, this just, you know, PAP is right. I'm like, no, this is horrible. Yeah. Plus, plus, two, another thing also is that, uh, just, I think Bertha Hansen pointed this out. Like, you contrast how, how uh, the last time, like, she was in the storm, uh, uh, Raisha Khan, during the election, the last time what happened, it was a doorstop uh, interview where basically, yeah, like, they were coming out of a, uh, meeting or press conference or what? Then Pritam Singh was standing there in front of her, fronting, yeah. fronting the questions from reporters and all uh. You know that was yeah, how it was. Exactly. Last time saying standing by her and you know we stand by Raisha Khan. Yeah, that literally started the hashtag right. I stand by Raisha. Uh, yeah. And then now this time is literally like she's not even at the press conference. You ask him, you ask him like what, why, why did she do what she did? And he's like, it's inexplicable to me. It's for her to answer. You know things like that lah. So so it's yeah. such a a fall from grace, like if you, if you would say, but or, or maybe, and, I think, and so that's yeah. why I, 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 when I brought up the NOC, uh, uh, what I was feeling with NOC, I, actually, I'm, I'm not really kidding, you know, I'm really, it's really, I mean, they're really, it's really like, a, in, in essence, it's a very failed relationship that has happened between, you know, a very, a very what, what was seen as very revolutionary, powerful individual, Raisha Khan, coming in and then joining forces with, you know, a very powerful opposition uh, leader and in, in Pritam Singh and all that, right? But mm. it looks like the relationship has broken down, lah. And now it's everyone is saying something, but the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle of of this whole thing, lah. And and we as the public, we will we will never really know the hundred percent truth, but we will just see them slinging mud to each other at each other until until both sides are, are worse off than before, lah. So then do you think in some way the silver lining is that, okay, you know, like to be an opposition, you really cannot have cracks in any part of your hierarchy. And even though, even though most companies, most families, most people, they might portray some sort of image in public that they are perfect. Every, every shit has cracks, right? Every, right? every company, every political party. So in this sense, do you see it as, okay, we really want the strongest opposition uh, party possible and this is, it has has kind of shed light on a crack internally that, I mean, if it didn't get exposed, it the WP might still be a great party. La. Even though, you, know, you can argue this is a sign of integrity, you know. But hmm. you think, you, you, you get what I mean? Like, is this a, a good way to say, okay, even the WP, no matter how much they have done, they are not fit to be opposition and we need to restart the process of building opposition? Or 
do you feel that it's it doesn't is we're never going to find the perfect party we're never going to find the perfect politician we just need to find the best possible people we can lah and wp by all accounts seem like okay they were decent lah i mean if anything i i i mean i can't believe i'm saying this lah but maybe workers party uh understanding that their their position as the most powerful opposition party need to start learning from the the experts themselves which is pap lah right uh, dun, dun, dun. the last time when when there was a someone had to resign because of some scandal and, and then triggered by election and all that that was um what was his name uh, the Michael 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 Palmer Michael, Michael Palmer, Palmer right Michael Palmer who was yeah. caught in an extramarital affair with one of his staff from the grassroots mm. and all that and you see he didn't break the law he didn't do anything that was you know terrible in parliament but it was uh, embarrassing enough, lah, right? As a as a mm. politician, when you're supposed to be squeaky clean and your your morals and everything cannot be called into question, it was it was such a it was such a bad thing that immediately he stepped down. But uh, it's not just about the stepping down, you know, which was much more decisive than what what Workers Party has been doing with Raisha, lah. Um, is that when the when they had a press conference to announce him stepping down, Michael Palmer was also there to answer questions. So mm, mm. I mean that's how I even uh remember remember him and recognize him and everything you see because back then I didn't even really care about my politicians so much but because he was present in photos and and you know I remember the image of him sitting next to Tio Chihen and looking them embarrassed and and everything lah um you know that that is etched into my mind forever and it makes me realize like oh you know like like yeah lah, if you do fuck up as a politician you have to face the music you know you can't hide behind mm. being a victim and all that. And whereas in this case, I feel like that's where WP was quite weak. Like, in the sense, it wasn't... If really, they already knew that Raisha can't fuck up, yeah, like, they probably should have been more decisive. And then secondly, if if she cared even a little bit about the party or that, she should be present at all their communications or communications about about what happened and all that. Like. It's yeah. like, I mean, that's what we kind of hinted at, at the, during the last episode, right? We, we did point out that it's a bit weird that the press conference has just the three of them yeah. and all Raisha communicated publicly was a post. No video, no nothing. Yeah. So, so yeah, it just felt like, huh? And, and I think you bring up a damn good point because if, if the party wants to, like, hold the narrative, you kind of need to, you kind of need, you need to be ruthless to a certain extent, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and in this case, yeah, it was almost I don't know, like were, were they too trusting of of because now I think the biggest problem is yeah, like the truth lies somewhere in the middle. It's just now until we hear from WP, uh, everybody has this impression that oh shit, the senior leadership told her to lie lah. And I don't know how many people are gonna watch the actual one hour fight fifty four minutes. Yeah. You will read articles, but it's interesting to watch because you get the. The, the nuances and the facial expressions and the feeling I got from Raisha was that, yeah, like, um she was, I mean, she even said one more thing that uh, on October 12th, she attended a meeting with uh, Pritam Singh and Lim uh, and she asked if disciplinary action would be taken against her and the answer given to her was no. And then when November 1st, uh, WP announced that they will be forming a, a committee, a disciplinary committee, she mm. said that she was shocked. Mm. Then mm. I'm like, Huh? Again, again, the narrative is like you are this person who was told one thing by your leaders, and then something else happened, and you're like, "Oh my god, shocked!" Yeah. So, yeah, like, It just feels like this is just just a mess. Um, I think uh, probably one of the people benefiting from it is Shashwet. <laughs> yeah. 
mean, as always, yeah. as always. Yeah. But but yeah, I, like what's going to happen these next few days? Because I think Pritam has come out and said that he will give evidence or he will attend the committee of uh, privileges yeah. for a hearing if needed, lah. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. But um, actually, one 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 more important point is that uh, uh, did you also see the testimonies of her of those two workers' party volunteers as well, la? So that one I watched excerpts and I read articles, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the word on general word on the street is that uh, they seem quite credible as witnesses, mm. and they mm. also were saying words like yeah, la, They felt they felt uh, the party was betraying. Raisha Khan and they felt the party should have done better and, and you know they they, they, they they devoted a lot of their lives you know literally years to the party so it's not like they are just there to just to as black sheep you know or, or agent provocateurs or anything to take down WP lah. they're really there to help and then they're very disappointed with how the leadership responded to to everything lah. what do you think of, of, mm. of all that lah? yeah so that's where that's that's tricky lah, because I mean, yeah, they both seem legit uh, and they both kind of echoed certain things that Raisha said. Like, and, and I think it was the the Mrs. Lowe who broke down at the end, right? Saying she has to do it for Singapore, like, right? Mm, mm. So that's where, I don't know, I guess it, it, does, it does point to errors on the leadership of WP, like, be it uh, keeping everybody informed or keeping them informed of important things or like having Raisha be part of the discussions in a way that doesn't doesn't cause people to diverge uh and go down their own uh have their own impressions of things la. and but but then again oh, it's I guess the it, I can imagine being an opposition party you already are juggling so many fucking things mm. um and maybe this is just one of those that unfortunately slipped through the cracks and just unveiled a whole bunch of shit la. yeah yeah correct oh. I mean, because like I mean like what what do you think when you when you heard their testimonies or read their accounts? I mean I I did yeah like like you I did watch excerpts of the testimony and it looks like uh they do look like um very credible witnesses like in the sense that they are not yeah. biased either way towards Raisha or towards the party or anything. Uh they volu- they were even there before Raisha Khan was an MP and everything, right? Uh mm. and and for them to to come and step forward and, and you know say this about the party and then yeah la, basically they, the country needs to know truth. Uh I think it's a sounds like a very commendable thing to do la. But mm. again, you know, I think um again they're they're probably even between the communications between Raisha Khan and and these two people, we I'm not hundred percent sure that everything that was communicated uh from Raisha about her meetings in Pritam could also be hundred percent considered truthful and, and all that, right? Cause uh, yeah, because there could be yeah, omissions. Go ahead, go ahead. There could be omissions. Mm. There could be half truths. There could be uh things that Raisha told Pritam and then Pritam said, okay, because of what you've told me, I uh, it's such a deeply personal matter. Let's not let's not uh you know you know let's not take any action on it and see how it plays out, like, You know something like that, lah. Where 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 if Pritam Singh was trying to be compassionate or something. It might be seen as a third by a third party who doesn't know the full details. It might be seen by a third party as uh, a weak leader, lah. You know, like like what I mm. said before, someone who, someone who, as opposed to making a bad decision, makes no decision, lah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, 
yes, the testimony seems valid, but again, they are only a lot of things we only know is is between Raisha and Pritam in their own direct conversations themselves, lah. Yeah, because I think there were quite a few times that Raisha Khan clarified uh, often at the nudging of Edwin Tong that certain discussions were only her and Pritam mm. or her were only her and Pritam and Sylvia and the two people who testified, Anathan and Lo, they got the second-hand news. Like, not to say that Raisha Khan was omitting things like consciously but it is a fact that certain things can get lost in translation and that yeah. is the crux of this whole damn thing. Like, like, like what you said, it is... Like NOC, the NOC saga, but mm. <laughs> on a stage that impacts a lot more people, yeah. a lot more deeply, um, and it's not just some internal drama, yeah, You know what? You know what? I really Hi, want yo. to. You know what? I really want to get for Pritam Singh this Christmas. What I, I would like to buy him a GoPro ten, uh, and then one, with one mm. of those chest straps, uh, so that any meeting mm. he goes into from now on, uh, he must wear the GoPro on his chest and then hit record and then walk in and have all his meetings and everything recorded, lah. Uh. So, so there's oh. there's no more bullshit about oh we met in person. Body cam lah, body, body cam, cam lah. La, body cam, body cam la. I feel like, like right now that's what he needs. He probably wishes that he's like you know had a dash cam in his office, everything recording every single conversation he had and all lah. Cause uh, yeah lah, the he say she say thing is just gonna go on forever, and unfortunately mm. he's caught in this situation where yeah lah, there were probably were private conversations between here and Raisha, and Raisha can can say whatever she wants. Uh, she can interpret. Those conversations, however she wants, you see, that's the thing. Let's say, let's say, yeah. let's say, like pretend, like you know, uh, you know, you know that common saying, uh, Let's just let's pretend this conversation never happened, uh, You know, yeah. Like, like between friends, yeah. when like you tell me something that I don't really, I I I rather I rather you not tell me than I pretend not to know, uh, Like you know, like uh, oh, there's this friend of ours who's getting married. Oh, I wish you didn't tell me, uh, I mean, or we just say let's pretend this conversation never happened, so I don't need to have to go and contact the friend and and whatever, uh, You know. The yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, if if someone says that to you, the the person is not saying it's not asking you to lie per se, lah, right? It's just mm. saying like, I would rather not know, and 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 I rather you go and you go and deal with it yourself, lah. Uh, yeah. But it could be you know interpreted by someone who has malicious intents against you as oh you are asking me to lie, lah, right? Yeah. Mm. But maybe uh, could it be maybe not malicious? Maybe she's just that naive. Uh. Cannot be right. No, I mean. If okay la, if, I mean, I uh, just judging from from body language and everything. Uh, I think there's a very strong sense of this. Uh, she knows what she's doing, like I think she knows what she's yeah. doing. Yeah, she's not. And she's it's, not it's, caught in crosshairs and oh my god, I don't know what I'm saying. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, like. I know. Like a month ago, when she admitted that she lied, uh, I had some friends tell me of their friends who actually felt a bit embarrassed for being so vocal about I stand with Raisha Khan last year. Mm. And this was when she admitted that she lied. Yeah. Right? Now, well, I can't imagine because if anything, I, I don't know, even though she can play the victim card here, I think it just she just comes off as like, wow, yeah. terrible. Like, uh, and of course, WP also doesn't come off well. They come off terrible. Pritam comes off terrible. Sylvia comes off terrible. Everybody comes off terrible. Yeah. Politics comes off terrible. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> but... But uh, Gov.sg has a viral hit. Mm. 113,000 views and counting number three on trending, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's let's see how this plays out more over the next few yeah, days. Man. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be another podcast that we have to talk about this. Lah. Yeah. Definitely. Lah. Mm. Cool, man. But crazy, yeah, 2021, like just endless, endless drama of this sort. Lah. 
Mm. And Lisa. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But on a, on a brighter note, brighter for, you know, Southeast Asia, and but not so bright for a couple of people. Uh, mm. So our next story is about, about uh, you know, the a very momentous occasion for Southeast Asian startups and, and all that, right? Mm. And what is this? Mm. It is the listing of uh, Grab uh, on the NASDAQ, which was done for the first time ever in Southeast Asia, in Singapore. Mm. Um, I think it was live stream around the world. Uh, and the listing is that very, very, very uh, common uh, scene that we, we have all probably seen at some point in our lives, the bell, the ringing of the bell uh, mm. on the NASDAQ. Yeah. Uh, and it was done at Singapore. It was the first event ever in Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that happened uh, on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So, so that was momentous in the sense that yeah, it was the first time in Southeast Asia. Grab is one of Southeast Asia's biggest unicorns. Now it's a decacorn, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I think it it was it's been valued at what forty billion, yep, right? Yep. Correct. Uh, a few months ago, we were talking about the CEO Anthony Tan uh, buying his GCB. Yeah. Right. Uh. But but yeah. But then of course after that something else happened lah. Yeah. Um. Basically. I mean the you know so for IPO the usually the shares start off at a certain price like right, uh, mm. at least they they open at a certain price, um, and basically whether the direction of the price goes up or down kind of tells you about what the market thinks about that particular valuation of your company la. and mm. uh, right after the debut the shares sank by almost twenty percent, the price of mm. the shares sank by twenty percent so, um, you know so Anthony Tan on paper. He actually became briefly a billionaire when Grab mm. debuted on the Nasdaq, but later it dropped. So it was worth about one point one billion at that point of time, but it later dropped twenty percent. So it wiped out about seventeen billion US dollars of Grab's market value, which which mm. puts it around still around thirty four, thirty five billion, uh, worth thirty four, thirty five billion. But Anthony Tan's stake ends up becoming about seven hundred plus million lah, and his partner mm. Tan Huiling's stake also becomes uh. Two hundred and twenty-five million, So, mm. uh, yeah, I'm uh, poor. Poor people. They they went from being billionaires to back to being uh multi-millionaires. Uh, mm. A very shitty position to be in. But yeah, what 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 do you make of all this? Uh, actually, I mean, my first thought was like, okay, I I I imagine that it wasn't uncommon for for companies to maybe we valued a certain uh, amount, do an IPO and have the stock stumble, but then gradually build up from there. La. So to me, I was like, okay, this is not like a crazy anomaly la, and this kind of shit happens. Um, but I mean, the more I read, I know even before they were listing, being li- or going to list, there was already a lot of polarizing thoughts about the their business model la, because I think their their losses for the past year has gone up from like six hundred million plus from the year before to nine hundred million plus. They've raised nine billion. Um, so their valuation for a company that is not profitable at all uh, is has been said to be overpriced, like, and it's the first spec deal uh, before. Mm. And a spec is something I have to Google what it was. I've heard that term a lot, but but for people who also may 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 be as clueless as I was, uh, a spec is essentially a special purpose acquisitions company, which is a shell company set up by investors. Mm. So they don't have any physical products. They don't have commercial operations. But the the main purpose is to raise money through an IPO la, to acquire another company. So this spec was done. Yeah, so the intricacies of why Grab can't list themselves, I'm not really sure. But it felt from the starting point, really, I was like, hmm, 
okay, this spec comes in, it's going to be the biggest spec ever. Uh, and then when it listed, it went down. So, yeah, feels like maybe the market is accounting for that inflated valuation uh, based on yeah the fact that it's not profitable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what, sorry? So, so yeah. So, I mean, for me, I still feel like, okay, this can happen to companies because not every company that has their stocks tumble remains tumbling. Mm, uh, mm. The stock market has taken a hit over the past few weeks, like a mm. fucking big hit. Maybe it's a consequence of that. I don't know. But you've been more involved in the finance industry uh, previously also. So, do yeah. you have any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think uh, it's important to 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 differentiate between the general what is happening in the market and, and what is happening for a company's IPO. Yeah. So mm. uh, when I was in finance, I was more on the the corporate uh, corporate advisory, corporate valuation side. So literally, this was would be my my the kind of work that I would be doing lah. You know, like working with a company to figure out how it could you know get, get through all the paperwork and and list on the American stock exchange and things like that like You know, and um, mm. so part of the reasons uh, you you need to work with a bank is because a bank is able to you know look at the market, look at other companies like yours that has listed before and give you a, a somewhat accurate assessment of, of how much your company would be worth on the share market la. and and how much based on that you'd be able to uh, raise in terms of funds and, and how much liquidity there would be to 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 start buying your shares and everything. And of course there there is the 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 prestige that comes with being listed in in on on a huge stock exchange like, like New York, uh, NYS, I mean, uh, basically uh, on Nasdaq or what lot, right? Mm, um, mm, mm. And, and and the reason you wouldn't want to list in in anywhere else like Hong Kong or Singapore is is the availability of liquidity la, where more mm. more investors, more big institutional investors are looking at the US rather than Hong Kong or Singapore stock exchange, la, right? So so mm, for for someone like Grab to come in, or any company, like basically to come in with a valuation, means that you've already, uh, because the bankers and all that, the fees are all calculated based as a percentage of of this this supposed valuation, like, right? Mm. So you are paying. You also have to end up paying higher fees if someone tells you, "Oh, you're worth you're worth like uh, fifty billion dollars," right? And then your 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 fees for yeah. this transaction is I don't know what. 3%, 5% or something like that or 10%, I'm not sure. So you're taking the money and you have to use it to pay pay the banks, pay the lawyers and everyone who helps you through all this really grueling process of of, of getting your, your listing approved and everything. Uh, mm. So for the for your shares to suddenly tumble so quickly after after debuting is yeah, like it's, it's basically uh, it's very, it's very in, in Singapore parlance very loud queer, very, very loose face for the bank that helped you with the valuation, in the sense that it's mm. like it's like totally off off the mark. Uh. That means they read the market wrong. That means they maybe they they didn't account for for like the external market forces where everyone's very a bit more bearish maybe about your industry than than you think and things like that. Lor. So it's mm. a very long process. We're talking about years, right? That they they, they prepare to yeah. go through this. So uh, at the end of the day, yeah, like the the listing is a nice hurdle to get over. You know, it's where everyone rings the bell that but you also don't want your valuation to be so wildly different because it means there was a failure somewhere in in, the, in terms of assessing how how hot your 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 company is to investors and things like that it's because before the IPO oh. before the IPO there's a very big thing called a roadshow right where where the grab founders alongside the banks alongside the lawyers or whoever is involved will go to all these institutional investors 
maybe I don't know. Maybe now it's all virtual, lah. But they have will will have all these calls and these presentations where they'll basically be doing a sales pitch, lah. Saying this is Grabs. Mm. This is what we think about the future of Grab. This is why we are, you know, they were, we're we're going live and raising money at this price and everything. And we you know, we invite you to invest your your institutional money with us and all. So based on that, the people will assess you know what they think of your company and if if the if the shares really sink so much like, I think this is a lot like, this is like oh, like twenty percent like one one fifth of the price it really means that somewhere along the way uh, somebody fucked up like, somebody didn't do their job properly like, whether it's the company's performance so, sucked or the or the bankers oversold it to their their clients and, and things like that like. Oversold so meaning like, meaning too too they, they were too bullish and too salesy. Oh yeah, don't worry, it's okay. One fifty billion can no problem. They end up, boom, you know, it dropped seventeen billion. Yeah. So it's like an analogy would be let's say uh in the market of matchmaking mm. My mom hypothetically were to go to all these other Cindy aunties Correct. and play me up. You know, yeah. saying that I have this fucking amazing son. You know, he's like damn funny, damn cool, yeah. and all that, you know, your daughter's interested, yeah. and they indicate some sort of interest, yeah, right? Yeah, fucking excited, then, oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking excited, yeah. like, sign letter of intent, and all that shit. Yeah. Then on the day, at like, the Sin- Sindhu house, which is a house where Cindy's congregate in Singapore, for real, yeah. um, I'm unveiled, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I, re- I, 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 I tear up the letter of intent. Yeah. So, in some way, like onlookers could say, oh, that's the market of matchmaking, you know. Mm. Maybe they don't get to know him yet. Yeah. But the truth is, I might just be an asshole. La. Correct, correct. Yeah. But yeah, la, that, but that, <laughs> this is just the... Hey, wait, can you not just brush it off like as well as a fact? That was an untruth that I expected oh. you to clarify saying, no, you know, that's that's a good analogy, but you know, Harish, you're not you're not an asshole and I'm sure oh. your market value in the matchmaking thing is is wonderfully high and all that. No, I, I wasn't going to say... you up uh, for an alley-oop, no. No, the, the, I know, the my, my slam dunk was actually like, then you walk into the room and then the, and then the share price drop. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what? More about What's just, slam dunk? More about How is just, that a slam dunk? No, more about just seeing your face rather than about your personality. Oh, thanks, that, man. No, but I will yeah. say, I will say in the market of matchmaking, like before I found uh, my uh, girlfriend when I was single, of course, Cindy aunties and Indian aunties being Cindy aunties, they would talk. Yeah. But I will say my share price, right, took a dip when I left the corporate career and yeah. went to do my own thing with you in, in YouTube. Like. Uh, suddenly so with it w- me, uh, suddenly with me. Suddenly yeah, I'm with you, with you. <laughs> if, if I was alone, I would be fucking like top stock, you know, the top riser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, oh, you're doing YouTube with Terrence. Uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, no, I stopped. Stop, stop, oh, stop. you found it, you found it <laughs> grab, uh, you found it grab with Anthony Tan. Uh. Oh, okay, not bad, not bad. Oh, that one, not bad, that one. Yeah. But, but no, no, it is, it is, uh, it is, uh, it is actually quite a good analogy. In the sense that mm. it's not it's not like the people buy the shares sight unseen, uh, you know, and so so we're talking about people who do a lot of market research and they pump a lot of money into the they were talking about investors who yeah like, who pump a lot of money every time they buy when they buy shares they it's in the you know hundreds of millions or whatever, like, you know. So 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 mm. the fact that the shares sink so much is uh it's not it's not a very auspicious start. Like, but that's it, that's it, you know. It has happened for uh, a lot of tech companies, you know, and and those people. I mean, you, you hear a lot of people saying about, oh, they haven't even made any profit. Yeah, of course, they the shares are sink. But but I think uh, it's quite clear that Uber, Grab, and all these companies, they're not they're not really there to be like the best ride hailing app in the world, lah. They are they mm. are there to to lose money being the being a uh, the only ride ride hailing app that you use, 
and then from there they will become guru in other things like digital banking and all that so that um, you know you have to use their services like you just you're just forced to because it's the only app that allows you to la. and that is a long term mm. play also who's to say that grab won't be worth 200 times what it's worth today la. and 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 mm. yeah, this i mean the as much as this makes is making headlines about the share price it's just a momentary blip it's just a bit embarrassing for the the banks and all that involved uh. I see. I think it still doesn't won't affect his GCB like because yeah, his valuation yeah, yeah. still still quite high. So I mean, like Grab, I know, like I know you and I also have different sentiments about it. I I feel like I don't like the fact that it's a super app, but it's one of those things that I have gotten a lot of value out of it. So that's why I'm like, hmm. What do you mean value? What do you mean value? No, like the ride share, right? Mm. Um, the fact that that uh that service is good, and not I know there are other competitors. But they were one of the the first. I mean, uh, after Uber lah, right? Mm. Um, and then the food food delivery that they also good. Uh, and even the the r- r- package transport and all that. No, those when, are when all you say, value. But when you say value, it's good, that means you think that the service is good. I would say reliability. Uh, if uh, across across the three apps, Tada, Gojek, and Grab, I was in terms of getting uh um the speed at which of getting something, the reliability, yeah, I would say Grab is pretty high. The price sometimes is more expensive mm. and then I will go to the other apps. Mm. Um, of course, when I think about them as a super app trying to do everything, that always scares me for any app mm. and that's what I feel about Grab. Yeah. But, but you, you? Um, I guess that's where basically uh, hook, line and sinker, they, they've, they've gotten the average consumer addicted to the app. <clears throat> Without having to sort out a lot of other things like um. You know, like I mean, I don't want to speak on their behalf, lah. But we all know that the riders and all that have been complaining for many years about um, the lack of, uh, you know, lack of real employment protections and, and things like that, lah. Right? Mm-hmm. They're seen as, yeah. and these are um, unfortunately they're loopholes that probably will take decades for for law to catch up, lah. Right? And yeah. so tech has found these loopholes, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Because, <coughs> like what you said, I think ride sharing as a whole, as a whole industry, uh, has been a has been a good thing for consumers, like right. But yeah. uh, there are certain predatory practices, uh, because of these loopholes in, in what how governments understand tech, that um, that these tech firms are allowed to 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 basically just monopolize, lah. And then I, mm-hmm. I I bring up the example of of Grab, you know, swallowing up Uber. And people just have fewer choices. You know, you know, Uber made. I don't. Know, I think Uber made like four billion because of Grab's yeah, yeah. thing. Because so, Uber has an ownership, right? Yeah, yeah, because of the deal that. So for for maybe for Uber's side, I mean, it just became a oh, you know, we'd rather just sit back and just watch, watch Grab do its thing, and then we just uh enjoy the fruits of their labor lah at the end, you know, as opposed to fight with them in in uh in in Southeast Asia. So so I mean, in in basic economics, you when you hear things like that, there's is you know it, it's pr- precisely what uh, monopolistic behavior is about, right? And and you know yeah and so, it's, so it's, yeah they they I mean, and and again you know Singapore is also very invested in Grab success literally uh, like the Masik mm. has a stake in Grab and all that. So when mm. someone complains about uh the riders for for the on the riders behalf or you complain in general about about something about Grab lah, right? You you got to ask yourself how you know how how much uh, influence does, 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 you know, the in the US they have lobbyists, like in Singapore we don't have, but 
but our you know domestic fund and all that are so they're so heavily sunk into something like Grab already, lah, right? So how mm. how much political will would there be to to hold Grab accountable when it needs to be held accountable, lah? So so this is the tricky thing, lah. They're getting too big, lah. And when things get too big, that's what I find scary. Mm. Because I I agree with you that um if the sovereign fund has a vested interest in a company doing well and fucking killing it. Yeah, there will be some repercussions. Yeah. They will basically have a lot of leverage. I mean, you look at what's happening with Facebook yeah. and Google and Amazon. Once you get that big, right, yeah. uh, it's it's tough. Like, and once you get into financial services and all that, which they are, get, they are getting, it is, uh, it is, it is an issue. Like. But at the same time, I think one thing that I was just, when I was trying to think about it, I said, our experience in Singapore with Grab, maybe it's different from people in uh, other parts of Southeast Asia where Grab literally has opened up sources of income for them as a as a delivery rider or or, or some aspect of their business line. That's something that I don't know enough on. Uh, I, I think there are enough stories, but for me, so so that's why I think okay, they, they, it feels like they could open up certain things in those areas. Mm. Um, but when it gets too big, that's when I'm like, oh shit, yeah, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't deny that. Definitely, it, it opens up more options for people for consumers. And for some people, livelihoods, right? But mm-hmm. but you also hear the flip side of it, and the kind of like like the kind of monopolistic kind of behaviors that, that are happening, like like swallowing up your rivals, uh, and, and you know offering them oh you know an incentive when you IPO and stuff like that. So so yeah. it's it's just the kind of thing that you hear here, like huh? Isn't there like shouldn't there be someone in Singapore like a uh, regulatory authority looking at this and saying hey this is. This uh destroying competition in the market, you know, free market, right? Competition is good and all that nonsense. How come nobody steps yeah. in to 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 look at it like and, and supposedly they did, but it was such a, a light slap on the wrist that it was like it's practically nothing, like, you know. Then suddenly at that hearing also when people are rushing to the meeting, some of them come by grab, then maybe someone forgot to cater food, then they need to order, they order through grab food. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's just the, the the fucking they have they have their fingers everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah, and and again like yeah like the when when big companies have all your data, where where you live, how you use their mm. services and things like that, is it becomes a bit scary. Like remember Uber at certain points, they even had this internally they had this god mode where someone can any employee can like or is it any employee? So certain employees can log into any but anybody's profile and see where they where they were riding. Oh really? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. There was a very big controversy at one point. So. Uh, Grab Grab has avoided these kind of controversies, lah. But you you can't deny that that uh that there's a lot still a lot of regulation that is very lacking in terms of understanding the right share business and, and the economics of it and, and all that. And remember the whole like ho- like the digitalization, the hawkers trying to get uh get on Grab, and then there was a very big hoo ha about the fees that they were to pay and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, as consumers, of course, all of us benefit, but but. It's hard to it's hard to step back and see the larger picture of what is happening. Like we are giving away a lot of our digital rights and digital uh, choices and opinions and all that to one app. I guess that's why I feel less concerned with a company like say Airbnb, mm. uh, where the most they have branched out branched into is like experiences. Like it feels like okay, there's a company that's focused and they're not gonna have their hands in every aspect of my life. Uh. Yeah. Because they're also fucking huge, right? I think yeah. they have listed also. Yeah. They're huge, but they just focus and grab. The scary part is they are trying to do everything. Like, yeah, and not everything. And not, and yeah, like, you always feel some certain, certain companies, although they, they're they very big and, and all that, but you do feel like they are trying to 
to win customers over with something other than just giving you vouchers, lah. You know, like whether it's like mm. the, the just the customer experience or, or what, lah. Whereas, uh, yeah, lah. I've never, I've never really felt that with Grab, lah. Other than just the you know or giving you a voucher for this ride or you know Christmas but, special but, thing. But dude, the, the the vouchers work. <laughs> money, it's money, lah. It's money. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. we are all being paid. It works. We're all being paid to to yeah. elevate Grab. To like you know, give them the number so that they can go to IPO. Then after that, you think you know it's like after you you already when 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 you're in relationship or that after the the you you met up and had drinks and all that and then after that, the deed is done, the, the relationship just changes already like, You know, and you mean this is like the morning after yeah, the morning everyone after. woke up yeah. in bed. You're like ah oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was yeah. in love and then after that the you, the bed's <laughs> cold already and the person even even close the door or anything. You know. Already out, yeah, they're already on to the next thing already. La. Just moving on to the next big conquest. So Singapore <laughs> is just a, as we all know, Singapore is just a blip in, in Grab's market share. Mm. We're not, we're not mm. there. We're just a great place to live and a great place to have your headquarters. That's why they're all rushing to buy the GCBs here. La. You know? Mm, mm, yeah. mm. So, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm just, I just wish that it wasn't so, like, like you say, like everything, eh? even, yeah, even like Tamasic or that, you you it just makes you question, you know, whether whether they will ever be held accountable for anything, like you know. But but that's that's the problem, like, I mean, that's the tricky part. How to regulate it? Because if it's a fucking ambitious company that people are willing to invest in and they're growing this big, uh, yeah. So so that I don't think regulations will ever keep up with that, and that's what, yeah, like, it's a it's a it's a it's scary, like, No, but that's where extent. so that's where I think uh. Like, like, I mean, just, just certain podcasts and like uh, a recent Joe Rogan podcast where they were talking but basically on Facebook, right? They they say, how mm. do you regulate this thing? You can't regulate algorithm on that. I mean, you literally can regulate algorithm, you know, as opposed to an algorithm that feeds you stuff from an echo chamber. Let's say an algorithm that sees, oh, this guy is reading stuff that is is making him, you know, uh, radicalized. Like, let's, is it, is that, why doesn't the algorithm feed him stuff from outside his echo chamber rather than continue feeding him stuff in his echo chamber, you see? So even within yeah. like something that within the algorithm, you can kind of like put rules in place and parameters in place such that it does not, uh, you know, lead to to more undesirable behavior or, or or affect, change people's behavior more. La. So so no, but in, in some sense, I think, to the, I think it's too convenient to just say, oh, how do you regulate this thing because it's technology and nobody knows technology that well, la, you know? No, but what I was getting at was not the physical impossibility of it. Uh, of course you can. Yeah. But the fact that when companies are that big, they have so much political leverage that yeah. they can just steamroll over this. Mm. I mean, just a month ago, we also had a podcast where we talked about this Facebook whistleblower with 60 pages of reports showing how mm. fucked up they are. You know? But it didn't affect them at all. Their stock price, in fact, it was overshadowed mm. by them becoming meta now. So I wasn't saying... I also agree that if a company like Facebook wants to do anything in the tech world... 99.9% of the time they probably can like. mm. it's just whether they want to or not like. we ourselves have been subject to them saying oh we can't detect uh, duplicate videos back in 2016 which is fuck off like. y'all were not detecting because you wanted eyeballs on your platform like. but it is the, the scary thing for me is that once they become that big all these 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 fines and shit just bounce off their armor like, because they are so damn big already and mm. there have been attempts in the US also to decouple Instagram and WhatsApp and all just falling on deaf ears like, they, and, and that's that's worrying like. mm, mm, mm. yeah 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 so I, I mean yeah. that's, but, but those at least it's a start like. it, it creates those, dis mm. those discussions I think as opposed to like the very 
uh, defeatist attitude towards like oh, we can't do anything, so let's not do anything at all, like, You know, it's a you yeah. need you need to start somewhere, like, Even if it's just with a a podcast like this, yeah, like. even just a podcast talking about it and all, like, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. So yeah, but uh, enough talking about billionaires. Uh, mm. What? Why you sound sad, Terence? No, no, not sad. I'm very happy that Singapore has, has <laughs> is the second most expensive city to live in in the world right now. Yeah, thanks fucking, to more billionaires. Happy, man. More billionaires being fucking here. happy. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, what is your one short comment as well? Uh, my one short comment is something that was posted four days ago by Goldgene three six three one. Um, and it was a standalone comment on our Reddit. Uh, the title is Harish, use this to shit on Terrence. Mm. So this user goes on to, first of all, shit on the segue that I tried to do uh, <laughs> with the podcast with Andy. Yeah. Uh, and he said that, yeah, they, they felt secondhand embarrassment because <laughs> the first attempt was really kind of bad. I really don't think it was that bad, but maybe I should listen to it. Mm. But the, the, the Redditor goes on to say that... Um, just remember at the end of the day, you are the holy saint of intros. Even Andy said it was the best he has ever heard and many other guests have also said it is absolutely amazing and realize that Terrence never shits on the intro. Mm, mm. So, so so thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for, for making my day and making me uh, question making me question that, that, that segue list and be proud of my intros. I never thought about it that way. Mm. So thanks. Yeah. Uh, cool. And, and yeah. my one short comment was from... Taufik J993 on the mm. on episode 239 the last one as well where he said that he was laughing he or she was laughing at the reactions that we had towards owning a peacock as a pet uh, I used to go to school at Victoria Junior College and that's in the east like, right and after school one day my friends and I decided to walk around the east coast neighbourhoods just to see how extravagant the people there and lo and behold one house had flamingos as pets freaking flamingos so <laughs> I guess we're not alone in like like marveling that people have peacocks as, as pets. Uh. So so that, flamingos. Uh. Yeah, people have flamingos as pets in uh in the East Coast. Uh. Yeah. Fuck. And I think yeah, I was surprised that you can have peacocks, but I think peacocks as long as you regulate and all, mm. um it's it's fine. Uh, but how so how, how are you gonna how are you gonna regulate a peacock? I think it's gonna be really hard, man. <laughs> You just tie a chain to the leg, lah. Simple, <laughs> right? Yeah, tie a string. It's like flying a kite. Yeah, can it's can can. Yes. Terence, don't be so salty <laughs> and bitter, lah. No, I just wanted personal to, all though. Just wanted you to to feel what it's like when someone when someone asks that question as well, You know. I wasn't questioning you. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just saying, and you and you took it at face value about me saying that it's physically I did, I did. impossible. Of course, yeah. things are impossible. I did, I did, but yeah. it's everything else, Terence. You must look at it from a broader, broader sp- perspective. Yeah. You know, like like uh, uh, from 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 the the bird's eye view. Uh, okay, like a okay. like a view of a flamingo. Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Correct. Correct. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then on to the one shock thing. Yes. And what is your one shock thing? Uh, my one shock thing actually is uh, I just saw the Pixar movie uh Soul. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yeah. Do you watch it? Not uh yes, the one with Jamie Foxx, yes, right? Yes, yes, from twenty twenty. Uh, it was a yeah. Disney slash Pixar movie, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it was a uh, I think it was released like late last year in the middle of the mm. pandemic and everything. Uh, mm. so it didn't even get a wide theatrical release and became like a Disney Plus original. Uh. So mm. actually it was a, yeah, it was it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, you know, like a lot of uh, 
uh, other Pixar movies. But I think this one really slipped under the radar because of the pandemic and all. Uh. So, so you mm. know, if, if uh, yeah, you're looking for something a bit more family-friendly, uh, something to watch over the holidays, and all, yeah, I highly recommend Soul. Uh, it's yeah, I remember Pixar, watching yeah. that. It was quite a quite a whimsical ride. Huh? Yeah, yeah, you saw it on uh, you saw it on, on cinema, cinema. Uh, in the cinema. cinemas, serious. Yeah, I saw it in cinema. Oh, you went to watch it in the cinemas in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the f- the only movies that I watched. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was very, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty impressed by it, lah. Yeah, but I'm mm. just wondering how come they didn't just wait until after the pandemic to release it, lah? Why so kanchong, yeah? I mean. I have no idea, man. Yeah. I think I don't know how well it did at the box office. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that you can imagine even for us when we are making videos for clients, if they delay, we're like, yo, can we just release it so we can get the payments and all that maybe, shit? Maybe. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it'll be in limbos, yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. But yeah. Yeah, man. So what is your one shock cool. thing? Uh my one shock thing is uh I mean we have spoken about Manchester United in the past and the latest thing is that the interim manager has finally been instated, la, right? The Rolf Rangnick, right? Mm. Um, and he's like a veteran manager who's apparently been the mentor to uh, world-class managers now like Jurgen Klopp of uh, Liverpool and mm. Thomas Tuchel from Chelsea. And my one short thing is the press conference he held on the morning of the the after the Arsenal game with Man U, I think over the uh, like a couple of days ago, mm. and I thought it was like a thirty minute press conference, and I thought it was a very like you can tell this guy is a seasoned manager who knows how to deal with journalists, and I can only imagine stepping into the like arguably one of the world's biggest clubs, and there has been in so much uh, turmoil over the past few weeks. Mm. I thought yeah, it was a it was a it was a lesson in how to conduct yourself in public la, for someone of such authority or in a role that commands such authority Wait, as in what, what what was so special about it that, that is your one show I mean the, the way like the way because okay like for certain like a manager of a club uh, or the the leader of a group when you're addressing the public you want to communicate some sort of confidence or some sort of feeling that okay you you have things under control and menu for people who maybe have not been keeping track of the news has been a shit storm over the past a uh, few months where they have won some games, they've lost, they get kind of trashed by Liverpool, kind of mm. trashed by Chelsea. But listening to him talk about his philosophy of football, um, talk about how um, he wants to, he he's realistic about the fact that he only has six months uh, until a, a full contract comes, if mm. any, and what he's going to do with the club, why he turned down an offer from Chelsea to take over at the start of the year uh, and the reasons for that. So it just felt for the first time like, oh shit, this is a manager who feels like, okay, like, he, he's in control. And sometimes mm. for institutions, for clubs, you just want someone to feel like, okay, they have shit under control. Uh, and just to bring it back to WP, I think for, for the longest time, we have always had, saw that, uh, seen that Pritam has been that person. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, now, yeah, it, it's 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 not. La. So I just thought, hey, Ralph, uh, Rangnick, R- Ralph Rangnick, I actually watched the whole thing and I was like, hey, shit, when was the last time I watched a 30-minute press conference? Wow, so... So I'm excited. Ralph Rangnick for the workers' party. Uh, no, 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 no. It's just that tonight is his first game for Menu, and I'm I'm fucking excited. Oh, man. I see, I see. You're going to be like watching yeah. the game and all that. Of course, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, the funny thing is like... um. He hasn't really been the, the the manager of a club for a while, right? So yeah, so I, I, and he hasn't been a manager of a big club, like a yeah. big ass club. Yeah, so I I don't know, man. Like it's it's I, I, there's no like 
managerial record or aura that he brings immediately with him, other than 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 the reputational what I'm hearing from people and, and from reading about that him. That he's a mentor. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. If you see the press conference, I also had no idea what to expect. I thought he's going to be devoid of personality and just like a cold machine. But yeah, actually, hmm, okay. Okay, good start. Good start. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow. That was cool, a man. Podcast, man. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. But uh, that's, what, that's um, what you get when, uh, when uh, there's a press release on, on uh, Friday night regarding <laughs> regarding something as big as uh, opposition party yeah. relying. Yeah, yeah. but probably in a few days we'll do another podcast to follow up on this whole episode. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool, man. Thanks for listening, everybody.